Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. I am in a mission to help 1 million students Take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach them how to land their dream job. And that is why I've created the Mastering College to Career Seminar. As much as this podcast and I want to fill it full of content, nothing can replace the face-to-face interaction that a seminar will give you. And I want to bring in some of the podcast favorite episodes and guests that have so much knowledge to bring in. Those industry experts, those international speakers, into a room to have students the ability to talk to them one-on-one and hear from them live and be able to come out of this seminar with a customized game plan on how to master college and land their dream job. So if you want to learn more about this seminar, go to our website, masteringcollege2career.com. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am here with a very, very special guest. I have Lindsay Hazlett, and she is an executive with the C-Suite Network. And I actually got the chance to meet her at PodFest this last weekend. And I really love what she does and what the C-Suite Network is doing. And so I really wanted to have her come on on the show and share her story with the audience. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great in the middle of traveling from event to event. Um, and so uh, here in New York City and then off for another 10 days. Traveling, traveling, traveling. Lindsay, why don't you share the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and all the different multiple hats that you wear? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm one of the founders of, or co founders, if you will, of C Suite Network. I'm a bit of a different case. I, um, my father is the chairman, um, but I started working for him when I was about 14 years old, literally selling products to real estate agents, agencies and law firms um, uh, and working out of my mother's uh, minivan because I wasn't old enough to drive. And, and I was doing sales for many years and you know I uh, moved up to selling tanning products at a, at a tanning salon and beat all of the, the, the managers of uh, 26 stores while I was going to high school. Um, and then I was the head of recruit, campus recruitment actually right out of college. Um, full transparency, I never graduated college. I, I left and, and um, I did sales at Northwestern Mutual and then ended up working with my father. So I am considered a millennial executive and, and have a lot of experience and knowledge doing so. Excellent. And interesting. So why did you decide to, to drop out of college? Like, why did you, did you just think that, you know, at one point that college wasn't going to help you reach your long-term goals? 
Yeah, you know, I don't have a clear answer as to why. And, and I always look back and, and think that I should have uh, finished college, but, but here I am and, and this is my path and my journey. Um, you know, college, obviously, it, it helps you because it gives you a degree, but, you know, it also is a great networking opportunity as well. What I see with many of my friends, all of my friends graduated college, um, they had this network of individuals that they utilize now 15, 20 years later. Excellent. And so uh, tell the audience a little bit more about, you know, the C-suite network and all the different things that come under, you know, where there's the radio, the podcasting, the hero club. So C-suite network is a very large ecosystem now for C-level executives. And, and, and we call it the C-suite. So C-suite stands for um, literally when you go to a, a headquarters, right? Whether it be a Kraft or, or um, Kodak or American Express, they all have a certain floor or a suite, S-U-I-T-E, where the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, right, are housed. And so we call it the C-suite. So we're a network that caters towards C-level executives. We have several events across the, across the year. Uh, we have a podcasting network, which consists of only business podcasts. Uh, we used to have just the, the regular categories, right? Like business, sales, finance, tech. But we've now seen a need to broaden the categories and help um, cater towards the lifestyle of C-suite execs. So we have podcasts talking about executive health, executive fatigue, burnout, um, and even suicide prevention. So we have our um, podcast network. We also have a TV network called C-Suite TV. Five of the shows we own and produce, um, our first show used to be on Bloomberg Television, and then Jeffrey, our chairman, he used to um, be on Celebrity Apprentice as a judge as well. And, and then we provide distribution for the 20 other television shows across the U.S. You can find us in United Airlines, um, over 100 U.S. airports, a million luxury hotels, the list goes on. But what we're finding is that most of the te business television is not watched on your couch on a Wednesday night, right? We watch it while we're on the road. And so we cater towards our executives. So interesting. So you said you, when we were talking earlier, you do about 60 events a year, correct? We do. And so you're surrounded with all this C-level executives throughout the whole year. What advice would you have for students that are looking, you know, in a sense to understand the C-level executives mindset? I think, and, and many might know this already, is just find mentors, you know, and, and, and just follow them and, and don't be afraid to ask for help, even, even while you're in college and say, look, I look up to you, I admire you. I would start small, right? Of course, we, many people love Gary Vee or, you know, or big execs and, and they want them to be their mar uh, mentor and someday you will. Right, but you've got to start somewhere, and 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 something that I was learned at a at a young age was that it's all the all the people that you need to know you already know. So you take who you know and extract information or extract contacts from them, and it's almost like a web. You'll eventually expand out and expand out and expand out. Well, that's definitely very interesting. So is that why kind of what you were saying? How you. As a student, you should look into your college classmates, like because you, you you never know kind of where they go and how they will continue to grow and how they'll do eventually do business with each other. Sure, and and look at professors or 
or look at your hometown. It, it depends on, you know, kind of where you want to go. If you're, if you're in business, look at where you're from. Are there people that you admire within the business industry there? Start there because what I have found is people just want to help other people and they're willing to, if they don't have the time, they will find somebody else. And by the way, that's going to help you find job opportunities as well. Cause they're going to see that you're determined, you're interested, you want to learn, you have drive and so forth. So how do you suggest students in terms of networking with like, how does a student provide value to a C level executive or not, maybe not even a C level executive, but to a regional manager or even, somebody that's two or three positions ahead of them. Because I feel when I, when I am talking to the students, they, 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 their question to me is a lot is, how can me as a college student that's just starting off my career be able to provide some sort of a value where the relationship is mutual beneficial? Mm, that's a great question. So when it applies to our business, uh, because we do hire people that you know, are right out of college and we, we have hired interns, um, the ones that stick and the ones that last and, and grow with us, uh, they come in to learn first. Um, and, and I am technically a millennial, but I don't feel like I'm a millennial because I'm right on the cusp. But one thing that I have learned from younger millennials is that they come in and, and uh, how do I say, they just think that they know everything, right? And, and, and we just have to go in and, and we all just want to have to pay our dues, but, but just have, um, build rapport with the people that you want to, you know, if you want to be a regional manager or work for that regional manager, start building rapport with them and, and just say, you know, how can I help? I, I know that I'm right here, but I'm just letting you know, these are my aspirations and I would like some guidance. So if you could mentor me and I'd be willing to help and do extra projects along the way, you know, it's a benefit for both of us. Yeah, so interesting. So you're saying more because you're right. I think sometimes we think as millennials that we know it all. So we're going into an organization thinking that what we learned in college is all that what we need to know to make help this business go from a billion dollars to two billion dollars or whatever that might be. So it's actually going in there and saying, I know the basics, but I want to learn. And I, I know I have a lot of room to learn, especially from someone who's already done the role, right? Is yep. Yep. And then also what's frustrating for us as millennials is that many people have certain stigmas about who millennials are. Well, I'm sorry, screw you. We are <laughs> millennials are actually, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day that millennials actually have more information. We have more knowledge because we want to have the right, um, information because we have this already the stereotype about us. We're already pegged from the beginning <laughs> so we have to overcome those stigmas and how how do you suggest a millennial overcome those stigmas when they're trying to get a mentor who might be you know gen a different generation hmm. well we have to think about we have to act like they operate one thing that i find interesting with you know people that come in now is is if they're pulled into a meeting they never bring a pen and a, a pen and paper with them right? That's, don't bring your phone, don't bring your computer, bring a pen and paper because that's how they operate. You got to think like they do and communicate like they do. They don't communicate like we do. And I, do you seem, I feel like sometimes the other generations are doing a much better job at trying to change their habits, whether it's 
like to the millennial habits versus millennials saying, you know what, I should bring a, a, pen, a pen and paper or my portfolio to take notes during an interview. Like, what are some other things that students can do or even millennials or even younger generations to, confront, uh, to change their habits so that at least for the time being, be able to communicate better with the older generations? Sure. One thing that will help your reputation tremendously is follow up and follow through. And I can't say that more. Um, it's one of the biggest things is like, even with networking is following up and following through. So, so when you have a great conversation with somebody at a networking event and, and you just, you two hit it off. I, I love Daniel that, that you followed up with me. I thought it was great, you know, and that doesn't happen often. And then we miss out on those connections and possible opportunities um, and, and come up with different systems. Right. So, so what I do at a networking event is I, one, I go into it. It's, it's nerve wracking, right. Uh, to go to networking, working events, especially when you don't know anybody. So I kind of play like a dating game and like, you know, how men or women like to go into a bar and try to pick up chicks. Right. So how many girls' phone numbers are you going to get that night? Well, I, I play a networking event the same way. And so I see that there's 200 people in the room, right? Or let's say, let's break it down a little bit more. There's 100 people in the room. My goal is to get 15 business business cards and qualify. Otherwise, you're going to go there, you're going to go to the bar, you're going to have a drink, you're going to look around like you're at a middle school dance and you, everybody's all scared to talk to each other. And then you talk to one person the whole time, right? That gets you really in there to meet a ton of people. When you do that, older people will also notice it. But then once you get those business cards, come up with a plan. And we do this so much, Daniel, you know, 60 events a year. You can imagine how many people I meet and how many people I talk to. And it can be exhausting if you don't have a process set up in place. And, and that eliminates having to think about it. It's literally just like a machine. So I have template letters already set. And, it, and, and they're all based on the different meetings that I go to. So let's say it's a podcast meeting or podcast networking meeting. Or you can just make it a template and then change the wording a little bit. Like, hey, it was great to meet you. Would love to follow up. Here's a link to my calendar. Or, you know, um, here's, uh, here's times to meet, right? And then you just step and repeat to all of those. And I literally do it uh, the night of the, the meeting or the night of the networking event. So I don't forget about it. And then the next day you're like tired and you've got, you know, school, you've got classes, you've got shit to do, right? So, so then it's done. And then you gotta make sure to, to LinkedIn with them and always send a special message with your LinkedIn request. I, I find a lot of the information you said extremely helpful, right? Because networking events are something where I see students struggle a lot and where they would go to a networking event and you're right, they would just sit in the corner and they will, no one will come to them and they won't go to anybody. So you go to so many events. What do you, what would be some three takeaways that a student like or strategies that a student can do to start a conversation with um, somebody that, somebody that they, they want to meet, right? Somebody that are like, you know what? I really want to meet that person or even the speaker, right? Cause a lot of times we hear somebody speak and like, wow, I really want to go up to the speaker and say something, but I don't know what to say. Sure. Um, do you, 
do uh, this is my lack of knowledge do students create business cards some do right i would say the the better percentage of students uh do but i would say um not everybody right i would go to what is it moo.com spend 30 bucks slap on a slap on an email and a, don't put your you know well, i don't know you can put whatever email you want but and then your phone number right just so you have a tangible item to get there in exchange of their business card and and so if i were if i were a student at and wanted to go to a speaker first of all they want to hear from you and they're so grateful that you mustered up the courage to go and talk to them. And that right there is commendable. So don't ever be afraid to talk to them. Or if you are, just talk right through it and just be as natural as possible. We have to be humble. We have to be transparent. Fake is not working anymore, right? So just walk up to them. Let's say you're nervous. You know, my, hi, my name is Lindsay. Um, I'm a little nervous to talk to you right now because it's just so commendable, you know, all of your achievements. Um, you know, I, I would love to just follow up. I am a student, and, and I would love to see if there's any way that I can connect with your business. Perfect. And what if it's not a speaker and you have nothing – to go a lot, start a conversation with, right? You don't know what he do, they do. You don't know if there's any way that there'll be a good networking connection, but you're in a networking event, right? And you're trying to meet new people. What would be a good way for students to approach somebody brand new that they don't know what they do, what they're up to, or why they even there? Sure. Come in prepared. Uh, do your research uh, figure one you can figure out um, kind of the different companies that are there like give me an example of, of an event where where you as a where a student would go to network with other business individuals okay so let's say we were at podfest right and a student was there and we were at howl to the moon right and so it was an open forum at that time you know we really don't know what anybody is um, unless you kind of done some research, you only know the speakers that were shown on the website, but there's other podcasters in a sense, other students could be there that are all there in a, in a, in a closed environment that only people who are part of this conference are at this restaurant slash bar. Sure. Again, one come prepared when I was 21, 22, I, I don't know, I guess it, podcasts weren't even a thing back then. I think they were just like recordings on iTunes. Um, I, I listened to this podcast one time and I just stumbled upon it. It was actually about networking. There are articles out there that you can research of best lines to say at a networking event or best questions to ask to try to meet somebody at a networking event. Just find those and, and use those. Always, um, and just be prepared, I would say. Another thing um, that... I always uh, try to be memorable. So when I go, when I go somewhere, if you could see me right now, I'm wearing clear glasses and these funky earrings. I always wear a statement piece because people, because remember, everybody's just as nervous as you are in that room. It doesn't matter if you're 50 years old or 21. Um, from my experience. And, and so to break the ice, if you will, I'll wear a statement piece because that's easy for them to be like, Oh, I love your glasses. And, and oftentimes what I do is I wear a 1985 Casio watch, which is basically like the Apple watch of its time, right? It has like a little uh, calculator on it. It's probably what um, men used to do to pick up chicks, right? At the bar, they probably said, you know, hey, I won't forget your number. I'm going to put it in my Casio lock. <laughs> I'll have to write it on a napkin. So uh, those are my two suggestions. 
Excellent. So what advice, you know, would you give yourself if you're starting college again right now, but you knew everything that you know now, how would you do things differently in a sense? Hustled harder and hustled quicker. Can you elaborate on that? So hustle harder, meaning like you would work longer hours or what would you, what do you mean by that? Hell no. I wouldn't work longer hours. I'd work smarter. Um, you know, you know, so I was actually filming a TV episode yesterday and I was asked a similar question. Come up with, up with a plan, a business plan for your life. What is it you want out of life? Right? Because oftentimes we, get, we land a job right out of college and it just pays the bills. It's just getting me into the business world. Well, you got to make it fit for your life and, and what you want out of it. And, and sometimes we have to take those first couple jobs to get to the next one, which is fine. But what I often see, Daniel, is people just get burnt out because they're realizing, you know, their jobs aren't satisfying to their personal life. Now, I'm not saying like, go out there and try to find a job that's 15 hours a week because you want to go surfing the rest of the day. But there are jobs out there like that or businesses that you create to to um, to fit your lifestyle. But what I recommend, and my father taught me this at a young age is make a vision statement for your own personal life. And then let that guide you in terms of what you want to do with your career and make sure that satisfies um, your career as well. So what is your life uh, vision then? What do you see your life? Good question. So after I was asked that yesterday, I'm like, geez, I think it's time to reevaluate. Um, success to me is defined by helping people and inspiring people. And, and I do that through business because I provide relationships um, and opportunities and access to high level individuals that help uh, fulfill their uh, goals. Excellent. So, you know, following up, you know, some of the question and what do you mean? So you said hustle harder. And then what was the second, the second H word that you were, you were mentioning? Hustle quicker, I think. Quicker. And so what do you mean by quicker? Quicker by moving faster towards reaching your goals or? Um, in, um, for lack of a better word, just be aggressive. Don't be afraid to get out there. And I know we've heard that so many times, right? But oh, I'm just going to put it off so I can watch, you know, Netflix. I'm just going to put off this weekend, you know, so, so, so I, and, and I miss, I've missed opportunities, um, and you know, part of it is, especially once you get what I've been, I've been studying the brain a lot lately. And sometimes our brain can only handle so much because we're physically retraining our brain to handle more amounts. And so it can be uncomfortable and just embrace that uncomfortableness because it's literally your brain uh, being rewired physically. Um, and because it's the rewards are worth it. Excellent. What is one piece of content, whether it's a book, whether it's a video, whether it's a podcast that you would suggest any college student to start listening to? Oh, um, Reed Hoffman. Have you heard of Masters of Scale? I have not. That's insane. I love that one. So uh, I think his name's Reed Hoffman. Um, Masters, look up Masters of Scale. Best podcast I've ever listened to. He's one of the founders of LinkedIn. And he has incredible stories about companies, but they're, they're all disrupting some sort of industry. So he has 
a conversation with Airbnb, a conversation with Fiat, which is formal, you know, a family owned business went bankrupt and how do they bring it back? It's just jam packed full of information. Perfect. Is there any question that you wish I would have asked you? Hmm. Of course, I don't know the answer now, but I'll think of it in a bit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Lindsay, I, you know, we've been talking now for, you know, almost 30 minutes now and you know how students, you know, sometimes we have a very short attention span. So if there's one major takeaway that you want students listening to this podcast to remember after weeks, months of listening to this, what would you wish they would take away? The first thing that comes to mind <clears throat> is, um, because of our society today, we're all under a microscope. Um, we ha literally have to watch everything down to our P's and Q's and, and um, the, the grammar in our um, emails, the, the way that we phrase things to people out loud. Um, and, and we're being uh, scrutinized and criticized now more than ever. And so we just have to be on top of our game now more than ever. I, you know, at the time when I was at camp, um, when I was the director of campus recruitment, right, in Northwestern Mutual, that was um, right when Facebook came out. And, and people didn't realize, I was one of the first people actually to start looking at people's Facebooks, right? And we all know this, we gotta watch our social media, but you know, um, but now more than ever, we just, even the way that you craft your emails, just be very protective and be very wise on your words. And the second thing is, just get out there and meet somebody and start somewhere. Um, there's a book by Bob Bodine called The Power of Who, and it's all in who you know, and just start there. Crawl, walk, run. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing so much great knowledge with the audience. This has been an excellent episode, and I can't wait to see you can, to continue to see what you do. Um, I, I, now that I'm following you on LinkedIn and social media, um, you're definitely a rock star in the networking world and C-suite network is something that I'm going to be looking into even more. Thank you so much. And for everybody else listening to this podcast, thank you guys and catch you guys on the next episode. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.